Markets Valuation and Capital In conversation with Neelkant Mishra, Managing Director, Co-Head of Asia-Pacific Strategy and India Strategist, Credit Suisse, Conclusions Paper, November 2022. Over the last few years, surging inflation, supply-side issues, and rate hikes by the US Federal Reserve have buffeted currency and financial markets globally. Despite these headwinds, the Indian markets have lately seen some renewed energy. This feeds into the wealth effect, which has a direct bearing on spending, investment, and the broader economy. At a recent India CEO Forum session in Mumbai, Neelkant Mishra, Managing Director and Co-Head of Asia-Pacific Strategy and India Strategist for Credit Suisse, provided a perspective on current market conditions and their relationship with the broader economy. India Strong Medium-Term Prospects India is on the cusp of a prolonged spell of strong growth. Output is back to its pre-pandemic path in nominal terms, though not in real terms. And GDP is forecast to grow faster than in other major economies. Several drivers are making this possible. Infrastructure development. This is one amongst the more important drivers of growth for any economy. And in the last few years, India has strongly focused in this area. Despite lockdown-related restrictions, constructions of national highways and rural roads continued apace in both FY21 and FY22. The combined impact is that the economy is being transformed at the grassroots level, expanding markets for goods, services and labour. Ground-level infrastructure and the FLFPR India's female labour force participation rate remains in the 20s, well below the countries like Vietnam, where it, it exceeds 70%. For rural women to be able to work, they must have the access to necessities such as running water, cooking gas, so that they do not have to waste time in procuring them. In the recent years, spending in these areas has jumped and the corresponding infrastructure has improved dramatically. The number of households with piped water rose from 40 million to over 90 million between March 20 and March 2022. 71% of households had access to LPG cooking gas in 2020, up from 30% in 2011. This will boost the FLFPR in the coming years. Financial digitization From about zero a decade ago and just 10% in FY 2018, digital payments now make up over 30% of all transactions. However, It is worth noting that the value of cash transactions has remained roughly constant for nearly a decade. Together, the UPI and the Jandhan initiatives have driven the digitization of payments and the UPI ecosystem is evolving from one that was mainly P2P to include P2M, peer-to-merchant payments. 
Toll collections through fasttag now exceed rupees 1.4 billion a day, up from zero in 2016. This has helped not just to speed up the highway traffic, but to prevent revenue leakages as well. Access to private funding. India has always been short of risk capital, but the global PE boom is starting to change this. In the last decade, PE deals greater than USD 60 billion in FY21 have come to vastly exceed public offerings, approximately USD 20 billion. Today, India is home to over 100 unicorns, something made possible by the access to private funding. Which is transforming the funding landscape. Significantly, unicorns are collectively worth over 10% of India's listed market cap, compared to 3% globally and 4 to 5% in the US and China. This is reshaping the broader corporate landscape. 89% of all unicorns were established after 2000. As were fifteen percent of all BSC five hundred firms. This underscores just how important PE funding is to the Indian market. However, looking ahead, with many IPOs seeing significant post-listing value erosion, such investments are likely to slow, at least in the near term. A turning real estate cycle. In India. Housing demand exceeds supply. However, in the decade to 2020, the share of GDP accounted for by dwelling construction fell steadily due to inflated housing prices, which dented affordability. This pulled GDP growth down by an estimated 1.1 percentage points a year. The cycle is now turning, and strong housing demand is expected to add. 80 basis points to annual GDP growth over FY23 to 26. First, the number of Indian households is increasing at a rate of approximately 2.4 percent per year, a rate that is expected to sustain for the next 15 years. Second, improved affordability and falling inventory will boost both demand and supply. Third. There is significant demand for larger homes. The average size of a house in India is 460 square feet, but this is expected to increase in the years ahead. Large cash balances with the states. From a near-term perspective, India's states are sitting down on large cash balances which are ready to be deployed on productive investments. Compared to balances Of plus minus rupees one trillion between 2018 and 2020, states currently hold over rupees three trillion with the RBI. Much of this increase is on the account of unspent budgets during the pandemic. The bottleneck then was not a lack of fiscal space or spending intent, but execution-related challenges. With the economy fully reopening. states are in a proportion to boost spending by as much as 21% this fiscal compared to a budgeted 14% a rising tax to gdp ratio india's tax to gdp ratio has seen a sharp improvement in the last few years 
GST receipts are currently in the range of 6.9% of GDP on a rolling 12-month basis, while direct tax collections are at their highest level since the global financial crisis in the share of GDP terms, rising 35% year-on-year in the first quarter. One of the key drivers of robust tax collections is the rising share of the formal sector across industries. For instance, listed jewellery companies are reporting 15-20% to growth, even as smaller, unorganised players are either stagnant or declining. Other tax receipts, such as on property, alcohol and energy, have come in at fast clip too. A growing export presence In the last two years, India's share of world merchandise exports has risen dramatically. The primary driver is the country's rapidly expanding electronics supply chain, which has more than doubled from USD 8 billion in 2018 to USD 20 billion in 2021. Calculations by Credit Suisse suggest that together electronics, chemicals, textiles, and apparel exports have the potential to add 2.4% to GDP over the next five years. Even if the overall macroeconomic outlook is relatively bleak, gains in these sectors will compensate to a degree. A booming IT sector With the world's increasing reliance on technology, it requires more software engineers, and India is expected to produce 5 million of them over the next 10 years. Global capability centres are critical to job creation in India and the speed at which they're doing so has multiplied in the last few years. Over 4 lakh developers were hired in FY 2022 alone, compared to 1,60,000 in the previous five years. China plus one. More than ever, India with its large labour pool and the growing business friendliness of its state and central governments, has become an attractive substitute to China. This is likely to drive both investment and job creation. Underleveraged debtors Following several years of decline, bank credit growth has started to pick up in FY 2022 and is currently in the region of 13%. Aiding this recovery are India's economic reopening, inventory building, a decline in working capital loans has pulled down credit growth in the previous years, and inflation, which raises borrowing requirements in nominal terms. What has also helped is that the wave of deleveraging following the ILNFS crisis is now largely complete. As a result, Banks' asset-to-equity ratios have fallen sharply, leaving room for them to ramp up lending. What might hold India back? A dependence on imported capital. India has long been reliant on foreign capital and continuing global capital market volatility will buffet the Indian market. India's forex reserves have fallen by USD 60 billion in the last six months and now stand at 10 months' worth of goods imports. 
However, it is estimated that India can sustain a mercantilized trade deficit this fiscal of up to USD 270 billion thanks mainly to a sharp increase in its services exports and large inbound capital flows. Energy prices The turbulence created in the global energy markets by Europe's energy crisis has also caused volatility at home. India imports 50% of its energy, resulting in an estimated USD 78 billion increase in energy imports this year over the last year's USD 158 billion and less than USD 100 billion a year pre-COVID. If prices remain high, India's energy imports will be approximately 1.3% of GDP. A widening BOP deficit. India's balance of payments deficit is currently close to 1.5% of GDP. There are currently no good options for closing this gap. In theory, either higher capital flows, rising exports or falling imports can help narrow or at least fund a BOP deficit. Capital flows and exports both depend on global factors while reducing only energy imports would hurt gdp growth the only feasible option is therefore to simultaneously raise interest rates while allowing the rupee to depreciate thus making imports more expensive an unnaturally strong inr the inr's real effective exchange rate is nearing cyclical highs The currency is appreciating against a basket of currencies including the Chinese yuan but not the dollar. Going forward, the rupee is likely to decline further against the USD, pushing up domestic inflation. Unsustainable PE ratios. India's price to earning multiple is currently about one standard deviation above its 10-year average, which makes it unsustainable to sustain the current pe ratios india's equity risk premium will need to increase equity prices should reflect the premium of the risk free rate and the risk premium and risk premium is determined by a combination of macroeconomic and geopolitical risks the risk free rate 10 year bonds in the us has risen to 4% from 2.2%. This implies that PE multiples should decline. Weakening global goods demand. Except in the United States and Canada, retail sales remain below trend. In August 2022, a proxy for global retail sales was 3% below trend, though this was better than Negative three point seven percent in July, and negative four to five percent in May. Adjusted for inflation, retail sales in the EU fell by point three percent in July, and point five percent over May to July. 